morning, everyone. So great to worship with you today and to get to share a message from God's Word with you. I hope that this message today will help strengthen you in your daily walk of faith through Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk to you about, out of Joshua chapter 1, uh, Keys to Success. There's all sorts of books written in our culture about success, isn't there? The How to Achieve Success, The Measure of Success, The Characteristics of Successful People. All those books, at least most of them, always have that little hook in them. If you buy my book, you'll find that key that will unlock the secret to a successful life, right? It's interesting that the word success, except for talking about battles that have been won, in the Bible is not used as much as you would think. However, when it is used, it's mostly in reference to being connected to God, loving Him, trusting Him, and obeying Him. Now, when you think about that, that makes sense, doesn't it? God is the creator of all life. He created you. From your conception to eternity, God made you. He designed you, right? So it just makes sense that God would know what a successful life would look like. It makes absolute sense that he would know what's best for you and how you should live your life. And he reveals that to us in his word, that definition of success, what it means to be under his favor, uh, to have his blessing upon you successful. So I want to walk with you today through Joshua chapter 1, a few verses that are keys about that success. The context is Joshua is about to lead the people into the promised land. But within that context, God provides instructions with keys to success to Joshua. And I believe those keys that he gives Joshua are also practical and applicable for your life today as well. And as Joshua was successful because he obeyed the Lord, you can have that same sort of godly success in your life as well. So we're going to talk about that, but before we begin, let's begin with a word of prayer. Oh, wonderful creator of life and everything else, we praise your holy name. Father, we thank you for your amazing promises. All glory and honor and power are yours because of your faithfulness and everlasting love. Uh, we come to you in this worship today with open hearts and minds ready to receive strength and guidance from your word. So fill us with that strength, renew our spirits, help us always to put you first in everything. Let us learn from Joshua today what it is, what it means to live that godly successful life. In Jesus' name, amen. As I talk about success today from Joshua chapter 1, I hope that you'll take these scriptures and let the Holy Spirit apply them to your lives so that you can be strengthened from them. When we see Joshua in this story, he's around 80 years old. He's been given the responsibility of leading this new generation of the children of Israel into this promised land, this promised land that had only been a glimpse, something hoped for and longed for for over a generation. Now God has told him to boldly step up and be that leader. And as God had given Moses strength and courage, he comes before Joshua and says, I want you to be strong and courageous. In verse 8, he uses this term, success. He will use it twice. 
He will use it before in verse 7, but in verse 8 he says, Then you will accomplish your objectives, objectives and you will succeed. God says in verse 7, Joshua, you're going to succeed. Verse 8 he says, Joshua, you're going to succeed. If God says it once, it's important, right? If God's saying it more than once, it must be really important. Joshua, I'm giving you an extra spoonful of confidence that you're going to succeed. Anyone need an extra spoonful of confidence today? This, you're going to get this from Joshua chapter 1. And he says here, then you will accomplish your objectives and succeed. Now, like most things in life, they are conditional. They just don't happen. And this verse begins with the word then. God's saying to Joshua, if you will do the things that I've instructed you, if you will follow the keys to success that I've given you, then you will accomplish the objectives that I have put before you and you will succeed. But Joshua 1 is not just about the word then. In fact, if you look in your Bibles at the very first verse, the very first word in Joshua chapter 1 is the word after. What a way to begin a book. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord spoke to Joshua. He had been Moses' helper. This, this whole book begins with an after, meaning that it's tied and connected to something in the past, something that had gone on before. The success that Joshua is about to experience is not an overnight success. It had been years in the making. There are six major stories in Exodus and Deuteronomy that are about Moses and Joshua's relationship over a 40-year span. In each one of those stories, it tells you something significant not only about Moses, but also about the growth of Joshua. And during that 40-year span, Joshua saw and experienced up close and personal the deep trust and love that Moses had for God. He observed Moses in his humility, always trying to put God first. Joshua witnessed that and saw how God had blessed Moses with success because he had put God first and had loved him deeply. So from Moses, Joshua learned the very first key to success, that is putting God first. After the death of Moses, Joshua is ready for this. He's already begun to master that the very first step in success is loving God and putting him first. He also learned from, jo from Moses a second important step in the key to success. The idea of preparation in those stories that are read and that you read in Exodus and Deuteronomy about Joshua, he's learning. He learns as much as he can from Moses. He stays at Moses' side as much as he can. When Moses is praying, Joshua is praying. When Moses is communing with the Lord on the mountain, Joshua gets as close as he can to commune in that same situation. When Moses is worshiping, Joshua is worshiping. Whatever he could do to be around Moses, Joshua was preparing himself for this moment. And God was not only using Moses and preparing him, but at the same time, he was preparing Joshua at the same time. And you see this in the life that after the death of Moses, Joshua has prepared himself for this moment. This is not an overnight success. 
This is not something that happened accidentally. This was many, many days and decades of preparation. And when his time came after the death of Moses, Joshua was prepared for his moment. Some of the difficulties you may be facing in life are because you lack preparation. It's easy to do in our culture. Everything about our culture is instant, isn't it? Everything's instant and immediate. We're under this illusion that everyone is an overnight success. That it doesn't take preparation or discipline. <laughs> I read this past week that the average wait time in a drive through restaurant like a Hardee's or McDonald's or Burger King is eight minutes. Do you agree with that? About eight minutes from time you order to time you get your meal. You know what's fascinating? Within the next eight minutes after you pick it up, most people have already eaten that meal <laughs> in their car. Isn't that interesting? You're thinking, huh? No, it's nine minutes for me, all right? See that? Isn't that our approach to life? Give it to me now. Take it. Consume it. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Don't have time to repair. Don't have time for discipline. I got to get this now. I got to do it now. Move on to the next thing. Listen, if you're going to be successful in life, prep, in life, preparation is the key, particularly in the things of life that matter the most. It's so important that you develop the discipline necessary to prepare yourself for the opportunities that God has reserved for you. There's a saying that's old, but the reason why we keep saying it is because it's true. And here it is on the next slide. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. That's, that is truth. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. When King David, or when David rather, said to the king, I'm going to conquer the champion Goliath. He did not say that impulsively, did he? The king and the men of Saul's army and David's own brothers questioned if David had lost his mind. How could you go against that champion Goliath? And here's what David said. He said, one time when I was with the sheep, a lion attacked. I trusted in my God and God rescued me from the lion. Another time when I was with the sheep, a bear came and a bear came to attack and the Lord, I trust in the Lord and the Lord rescued me from the bear. As the Lord prepared me through those moments, as the Lord was with me with the lion and with me during the bear, I'm here to tell you, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm prepared for this, and Goliath's going down. He didn't do that impulsively. He was prepared for that moment. If you want to have a successful, godly life, you have to prepare yourself. Regular worship to God, Bible study, prayer, serving others getting to know and be around other Christians that are leading strong, successful, godly lives. Now, what does the word gospel mean? It means the good news, doesn't it? One of the great emphasis of Jesus' ministry in his word was about the idea of living a successful life. He said, life that's successful does not consist on the accumulation of the abundance of things. It does not consist in the abundance of things. It's learning how to love the treasures that you put in heaven and not the things that are on this earth. 
It's being a wise person who learns to build and prepare a life built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's learning to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus says it means seeking the Lord, seeking the the kingdom of God first and all his righteousness, seeking him first and doing those things. Loving and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And all that does not happen overnight. That's why we're called disciples of Christ. It takes preparation. Joshua had prepared himself for success. So in Joshua 1 verse 7, God gives him the next key to real success. Here's what he says. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. That next key to success is always doing the right thing, even when you don't feel like it. You always do the right thing. When things don't go according to your plan, do you cower and give up? Do you give up on God and try to handle it on your own? I'll get back to worship when I get things straightened out. I'll get back with the fellowship when I get my ducks in a row. Your ducks are never going to get in a row. You're not smart enough to figure it out. When are you going to figure that out? You start doing wrong things instead of right things, you're digging a deeper ditch, my friend. When are you going to wake up and realize that? Getting deeper and deeper in that pit. When things don't go the way you plan or things unexpected happen to you, do you start to veer to the right or left? Or do you keep doing the right thing? God told Joshua things are going to get tough. When they do, you keep going straight. You don't veer to the right or left. Consistency is essential. When difficulties and distractions arise, you need to tell your spirit, I am not turning. I am not veering. I'm going to trust in my God whom I love. I'm going to prepare myself through this. I'm going to learn and grow through this. And I'm going to be faithful and consistent. Commit yourself to do the right things. Concentrate. And discipline yourself towards doing the right things. To be obedient. That's very important if you're going to succeed. Keep doing the right things even when you don't feel like doing the right things. So when the right time comes, you will know what the right thing to do is. And continue to do those things. Here's the next step. Joshua 1, 2 through 3. Take the step of faith. Therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place the sole of your feet will thread, tread upon, I will give to you just as I promised Moses. You have to start moving forward in faith, taking the next steps. Joshua, told, Joshua was told by God, it's time to move into the promised land. You don't have to glimpse at it anymore. You don't have to hope for it anymore. You have to long for it anymore. It's time to get up and move forward and take those steps into that new territory. Faith without works is what? Yeah, faith without action is dead. It's easy to talk about faith in the pews on Sunday. It's easy to talk about taking steps of faith in this pew this morning. But taking those steps of faith Monday through Saturday, that's a whole different matter, is it? Folks, there is new territory that God wants you to claim in your life. Step into that new territory of faith where you're boldly going to trust God that he's going to do something that from a practical standpoint makes absolutely no sense. Will you take that step of faith? 
Will you walk into that new territory of faith where you're going to allow God's, God to take hold of that stronghold of sin in your life and tear it down so that you'll no longer be under that hold of sin anymore? Will you, will you walk by faith and let him do that and let go of it? Will we as a congregation march together into this new territory of faith, believing that the best days of this congregation are before us and not behind us? That's the new territory that God wants us to claim in faith. A new territory of faith where you decide that you're going to start putting those talents and gifts and that time and treasure that God has given you, and you're going to invest into the kingdom of God. And you're going to do everything that God has called you to do, and you're going to put it to greater use. A greater new territory of faith that you walk in where every day you're praying for your neighbors, your friends, your family, those you go to school with, those in our world, to pray that those who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they will accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Will you be an intercessor, intercessor for them? That is such an important key to take those next steps of faith. Of course, here's another one from Joshua 1, 5, verse 9. Very important one. Here's what God says. I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. See, that next, that next key is that God is with you. God is with you. He just doesn't prepare or give the plan, but God walks with you every step of the way. There are things in life that surprise me. How about you? Things that catch me off guard? Things I thought I was prepared for that I wasn't? Well, guess what? Isn't it great to know that God is with us through all those surprises and things that are planned and prepared? Isn't it great to know that he's not surprised or caught off guard? God is the ruler of everyone and everything. So I love the reminder of this next slide based upon Romans 8 verse 31. Don't you love that? God is for you. It doesn't matter who's against you. That's a winning sight, isn't it? It's a winning ticket. Joshua, I'm sitting to that territory full of many obstacles. Doesn't matter. I'm on your side. If God's for you. It doesn't matter who's against you. God and you make the majority. Right? There's winning, victory, success in the name of God. The close of Paul's life, and the apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 about his trial. And he said, at that trial, no one gave character reference. No one stood up for me. They probably saw the handwriting on the wall that Paul was a doomed man. They didn't want to be near him. That had to hurt, didn't it? As much as Paul invested his life in others. But there he is all by himself. And he said, everyone deserted me. Doesn't start, stop there, though, does it? But the Lord stood by my side and gave me what? Strength. He delivered me from the lion's mouth, rescued me from evil attacks, and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. What power? What power? Are you going through some very difficult times right now? Where you just need to feel the presence of God around you? Maybe you feel deserted, abandoned, no one's there caring for you? The Lord is on your side, and he'll give you the strength. Do you believe that? So you can have real success, God says, because he's on your side. I will never abandon you or leave you, no matter how tempting, discouraging, distracting, lonely, or tough it may be. With God on your side, you can have victory and success in your life. So if you're writing these down and you miss one, let me just kind of catch you up for a moment. These keys to success. The first one is putting God first. 
The second one's preparation. The third one is doing what is right. The fourth one is taking those steps of faith. The fifth one is remembering what God, that God is with you. There's two more. There's two more. In three verses, six, seven, and nine, God tells Joshua the following. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Now, of all the things that God could have said, after do be strong and courageous, I note what he did not say. He didn't say be strong and courageous because the walls are fortified. Be strong and courageous because the people outnumber you. Be strong and courageous because the armies are great. Be strong and courageous because there are giants. He did not say that. Never referred to those outward obstacles once. See that? Were the obstacles there? Yes. Would Joshua and the people face those fortified cities and armies and giants? Yes. But God was telling Joshua and telling you something of more importance. Those are not the real enemies of your life. There are two enemies that dwell deep within you that are the real enemies that you got to be warned against. The obstacle for Joshua and the children of Israel were not the outward army, walls, or giants. You know what they were? Fear and discouragement. Fear and discouragement. Joshua, you need to be strong and courageous. Because two enemies are going to come against you. Fear and discouragement. Fear and discouragement. When you are filled with fear and begin to concentrate on it, then your fear always, always will lead you to become discouraged. And if you hang out with fear and discouragement long enough, you will develop a long list of the reasons why you cannot do what God has called you to do. And you will live in the excuse factory working for very poor wages. Fear shuts the door on the doors that faith opens. Fear shuts the door that faith opens. And this is what God is saying. I am with you. You are prepared. You can be strong and courageous and you can succeed. But you got to fight those enemies called discouragement and fear. Remember that God who is with you, is greater than the fear that you're facing. And the next time you hear yourself saying, I can't do that, change it to, I can do that, because through Christ, I can do all things. You have to choose. Are you going to live by fear or by faith? And what God says is, I will give you the strength and the courage to live by faith to conquer that fear. Now, Jesus tells us something about the devil. And what he tells us about the devil is that the devil is a thief. In John 10, Jesus says, I have come to this world to give you life and give it to you in the fullest. In other words, you can live a successful life based upon God's definition through me. And yet, at the same time, he gives us warning. He says, I want you to know that the devil is a thief. He wants to rob you. Steal from you any idea or notion that you could ever live a life 
that's going to be successful or godly. You need the Lord's strength and courage to not allow to devil, the devil to rob you of what God has prepared for you. Don't let the devil fill you with fear and discouragement and take away the promise that God has given you. So how do I do that? Well, through the word of God. Remember it said, be strong and courageous. Let's go back to those verses again. How do I be strong and courageous? Verse 7, be strong and courageous by obeying the word of God. By carefully obeying everything in that word of God. Don't let your emotions guide you. Don't let your feelings get in the way. Don't worry about what other people think. In your mind, if you want to be strong and courageous, here's what you say. I'm going to find out what the Word of God says, and I'm going to obey it. And I'm not just going to kind of casually obey it. I'm going to carefully obey it. That's how you develop strength, confidence, and courage. Are you with me? Next, verse 8. You've got to speak the Word of God. Don't let the Word of God depart from your mouth. It's always in your words. Always in your words devil comes against you to rob you of your joy and the idea that you can have fullness of life or success, you say like Jesus says, the scriptures say, according to the word of God, God has promised those that live for him, that he will hold them up and give them every good thing. Devil, I'm not listening to you. You're a robber. You're a thief. I want every good thing from my Lord and God. I want his strength and courage. You gain strength and courage to stop the devil from stealing what God has prepared for you by obeying the word of God, by speaking the word of God. And then here he comes again in verse 8. He says, look, you become strong and courageous when you meditate upon the word of God. So I, I obey it, I speak it, I meditate on it. Do you take time out every single day of your life to meditate on God's word? Oh, there's distractions. I know you're busy. Remember, it's an instant world. But when was the last time you set aside a time of day that you meet with the Lord every day in communion, a quiet time, free of distractions, and you open up the Word and you just reflect upon it, reflect upon it, and let it get deep into your heart, your mind, and your soul? You want strength and courage? You can only get it through the Word of God. Amen. Word of God. Obey it. How do you obey it unless you know what it is? Obey it. Speak it. Meditate upon it. That will give you success, God says. That's what he told Joshua. You do this, you'll have success. You'll prosper. Keep your, it keeps your heart right before God. Did you know that when you meditate upon the word of God, it gives you supernatural wisdom? David said, when I meditate upon your word and your precepts, it's more than all the teachers ever taught me. It gives me greater insight. That's there. It fills your heart and mind with the things and the promises of God. There are incredible riches and opportunities available in your life. New territory to conquer. If you will just trust in God and do it according to his word. And not let fear and discouragement enter in. You fight fear and discouragement. You have strength and courage when you obey, when you speak it, and when you meditate upon it. So here they are, these keys to success. Putting God first, preparation, do what is right, take the steps of faith, remember that God is with you, be strong and courageous, obey, speak, and meditate on the Word of God. Amen? So let's stand together as we close out this lesson. 
as we start this new week together, I'd like to offer you these words of success based on 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. May grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. His divine power gives you everything you need for a godly life through your knowledge of Him who calls you by His own glory and goodness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would like to be baptized, place membership, or have Larry, one of our elders, pray with you, make your way to this front pew as we now sing this song. <laughs> 